Hello and welcome. Thank you for reserving this hour with me. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and you are listening to Story You Talk Radio. We broadcast live 4 o'clock on Thursdays, and we are in the Seattle area, KKNW 1150 AM. And it is my hope that I am accommodating your drive home with some ideas, tips, information, insights, wisdom, guess, ideas, tips, insights, etc. that help you live the life you want, that help you really discover your voice and tell your story. And it doesn't really matter if your story comes through in your brand or if your story comes through in your book or something in between or in a family gathering. I just think it's really, really important to stay true to whatever is your story. So today I am inspired by a little jingle I heard in my head when I was waking up the other morning. You know how... uh, you know how old commercials can get in your head? And and they almost become like little friends. Coca-Cola had one when I was growing up. Uh, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Uh, if you grew up in the 70s like I did, you know that thing by heart. You can remember the cute little kids in it from the television uh, ads. You you know the tune. It 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 was a wonderful song. It... It bonded us together. My friends and I sang it just like it was, you know, Elton John. <laughs> but it wasn't. It, it was a commercial. Well, there was this other one. And I, I want to say it, it may have been AT&T. It was definitely a long-distance phone company. And their, their slogan was reach out and touch someone. Call up and just say hi. Reach out and touch someone. Um, yeah. And I woke up the other morning and it was going through my head. Again, it's their slogan, but they turned it into a song. And I really started to think about the idea of, do we? Do we reach out and touch people anymore? I mean, true, we have so much technology. We're, we're just constantly available to each other if we need be. That text can go out from one side of the world and be received on the other side of the world pretty quickly. But are we really, really reaching out? And I mean reaching out with our heart, reaching out with our story, reaching out with our best ear and listening to those we love. Writers really have a certain advantage in that When we write books or blogs or articles, even if the person is not sitting in front of us, um, as soon as someone reads what we've written, we like to think that they're being touched, that we've written something that matters. So, So writers are constantly trying to listen to what their imagined off, um, what would we say, audience, their imagined audience wants to hear. It's something I do. I I think of all of you when I'm at home, and I think, what do you guys want to hear? What would make a difference in your life? And I 
I start writing. I start taking notes on it. So a writer has this option to make an impact, but how do we do it in just our day-in, day-out lives? So that's really what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I see that Kathy in the Seattle area and Jimmy in New Orleans have already responded to my newsletter. So thank you. We will be getting to you and talking about your questions regarding reaching out. Uh, But the rest of you, I want to encourage you to write to me at my Facebook Messenger page. I want to encourage you to send me an email, debby at coachdebbie.com. Let's see, you could call in. Yeah, you could be gutsy and call in. And the number is one eight 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 two nine eight five five six nine one eight 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 two nine eight five five six nine. Be the first. I've had what? I have to ask Eric, my engineer. I'm not sure here. I think we've been doing this about eight to ten times now. Maybe we've been meeting up on Thursdays. What do you think? Does that sound right? That sounds about right to me. Yeah, you hear that nice voice? That's Eric Ryder, and he is the man that would be taking your calls if you so choose to call in and offer a question. I'd love to hear from you. So let's think about this concept for a minute. You know what? I just counted it, and we've done 14 episodes together here so far. Have this would be 15. Really? Can you believe it? <laughs> That's, that went by so fast. Wow. <laughs> we, were, we were both thinking about half that much. So. Yeah. I thought I could still count on two hands. Well, okay. It depends on how many fingers you got, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just the average. So, okay. Okay. That's good to know. So be the first. Call in. Yeah. That's uh, 1-888-298-5569. Or 425-425. Three seven three five five two seven. Yeah, wonderful. And a couple Great. different numbers that people can reach us on. Cool, awesome. And that lovely voice by Eric—that's the one that's going to pick up your call. That's right. And I promise to be friendly when I pick up the call. Oh, thanks, Eric. Thanks yeah. for getting that all together. For that's us. that extra service that I provide just for you and your listeners. Awesome. <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, that really makes me think a little about my topic here, about that whole cordial hosting mindset that is part of really reaching out to others. This idea that if you're going to reach out, you want to truly be available. So where might you start? There's all kinds of places you can start. Writers always start with their words. It's what we rely on. We, we rely on a download of words to be with us, and we rely on our presence to come through. I used to be married to a poet who wasn't really um, someone who prided himself in, in having words in the moment, but man, oh man, that guy could put himself at his desk, quiet his world down, And in two hours, I mean, whatever you were going through, he had the most thoughtful, encouraging, 
inspiring response. Boy, do I miss that. I I mean, really, really a talented person when it came to reaching out to you and hearing where you are. A a very talented poet he was. And um, other people would say that they feel that they're good uh, when they're in the hot seat, when they're made to perform, they're made to speak, that they find their presence and they go for it. But others would like to have some time and to think about it. For those of you that like to have some time, I'm going to encourage you to reach out and offer yourself with letters. And and I really mean a letter, texts and emojis and all your favorite GIFFs and, and all that good stuff. Those are fun. Those are really fun. But what what would it take for you to sit down and offer a paragraph to someone you love when you, you know they need you, when you know it's time for someone to reach out? Why not it be you? Why not sit down and take a little time to write a letter? In this day and age, my guess is you could even Google something to help you get started, to help you with your ideas. You can always send me an email. I help writers and coaches and speakers and trainers and all kinds of people get to the roots of the words that they really, really want to say. But you know what's always available to you is that true voice inside of you. And it comes through when you're quiet and especially when you're in the habit of being quiet and really listening to what it is you want to say. If someone needed you, I'll bet you could rely on that own place of yourself in that quiet space where you knew what to say to someone. I can tell you that my mom is truly gifted at this. I can call her up with just any problem in the whole world, and she just puts on her validation tiara and goes for it. You know, I I never, ever leave a conversation when I seek out my mother to help me with someone. I never leave and feel like she didn't have a huge takeaway for me. She is great at that. But you know what she's even better at? Is this wild telepathy of knowing when I'm just too afraid to reach out and ask for help. And she calls me. It, it happens over and over again. It's, it's, it's happened since I was a child. She just knows when to say, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? And I go, oh, I'm stuck. I don't know. I'm stuck. And she knows what to say. She offers herself. It's one of her gifts. But she doesn't have to be the only person in the world. All of us can cultivate that gift of really reaching out. So what's our homework? What do we need to do in order to reach out? Like I said, writers are doing it all the time because they're, 
they're skilled at writing scenes, at developing characters, at reflecting on their dreams, writing things down that help them be present. But what can we do? One thing I want to suggest is if you want to be that person that can really reach out to others, take a little time to think about where is it that you get your own inspiration? How do you get your inspiration? I can tell you, just just from my own experience, one of the biggest blocks for me feeling inspired and being able to reach out to someone else is when I get all wound up tight in some sort of competitive energy where I, I'm, I'm thinking about how I should further myself along or I'm in regret. When I'm in that space, I, I'm no good to someone else. And it's because I'm really no good to myself. I'm not really in that I am Debbie space. I'm not in an I am Coach Debbie space. I'm not in an I am a big sister Debbie space. I'm just in a, oh man, where am I? Where am I? And when I don't know where I am, I can't reach out and be available to others. I got to take care of me first. So one of my my places to, to really honor that flow of inspiration is to get honest when I'm being competitive or just thinking I should be further along or overthinking my life. That's just going to block my inspiration and block my ability to really reach out and be available to those around me. I think I've told a lot of you that before I I started working in, in radio, I, w- I was first with uh, Todd Allen. Todd Allen was my boyfriend, and he had this big dream for Life Mastery Radio, and we did that together for seven years. I loved it. I loved working on his dream and vision. I loved being the person that went and found the guests, read the books, invited people on the show, did the pre-interviews. I did a lot of work for that show, and it was fun. I mean, it just filled me up. But part of it was because the, the entire time I was doing it, I was in that space of being inspired. I was so inspired by what Todd Allen wanted to offer the world. We were a really good match. And I, I followed through with that. I reached out to people, and I would, I would even tell my friends, the only person I'm not going to bother is Oprah, because she's truly busy. But anyone else is up for grabs. And believe me, it didn't matter how famous someone was, how busy someone was. I picked up the phone, and I called person after person. I wasn't shy, and I still do it. And why? Because I feel inspired. I reach out to all kinds of people. I've brought very, very famous people to Life Mastery Radio and a few to this show and a few more to come. And why? 
because that inspiration to connect is alive and well in me. It isn't when I'm competing. It isn't when I think, gosh, they've written 10 books and I've only got two good drafts. It isn't when I think, "Mm, they're way further along. I should catch up. But when I'm really inspired to have a conversation with someone, to follow up with what they said in their book, I just pick up the phone and call them. I do the research. I find them. I write to them. I call them. I text them. I've even been so bold to show up at what I know to be their favorite coffee shop. I'm not afraid. And you know what? It has led to hour upon hour upon hour of inspiring conversations. Public conversations that maybe many of you have listened to. And they've enriched my life. And all it took was this inspiration for me to reach out. When we come back after our first break, I want to talk to you about reaching out when you know someone is down. Okay? That's our job as friends and family. We're going to be right back. Stay tuned. Time to lace up your shoes for the 2019 Komen Puget Sound More Than Pink Walk. Help raise funds for breast cancer treatment, patient advocacy, and life-saving research. The walk starts at Seattle's Seward Park on June 2nd. This inspiring, family-friendly event brings together those of all ages and abilities. Come on out and show your support for those battling breast cancer and those searching for cures. Register today at ComenPugetSound.org. That's ComenPugetSound.org. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you are just tuning in, we're talking about reaching out and touching someone. Yeah, using your inspiration to have a conversation, to invite them into your world. Or, as we're going to step into this next segment, to really boost someone. Because we all need that. We all need to be seen. When I was a teacher at the college, and I did this for a few decades, I really wanted to do more than just be known for teaching English. I had a real spiritual bent about me, but I I didn't know how to express that. I hadn't yet gone to life coaching school, but one thing I noticed was that if I, if I was in class and I told students, you know, you don't have to write this essay by yourself. You can always stop by during office hours and we can brainstorm together. We can get this going. If I invited people, people would come. And I really loved that. There, there was this this sense that we could get together and make much more happen than they might do if they were just stuck on their own, if someone wasn't reaching out to them. Now, I I knew there were plenty of people in class that thought, oh, she's a teacher. I don't want to bother her. I don't want her to know that I don't have this all figured out. And 
she might give me a bad grade and all that. But I really wanted them to know that I see them at all levels of their writing. I, I see people at their drafting stage, which is a very vulnerable stage of what do I say? What do I do? And I enjoy that. I enjoy being with someone while they are wrestling. My, my own uh, life coach, Robert Holden, he impacted me with these words. He said, we need to help because we tend to act impulsively or overthink if we are not being servants of the help. Right? We need help because we act impulsively and we overthink when we are not being servants of the help. And what that makes me think of is that when you're looking into the eyes of someone that needs you to reach out to them, needs you to spark that voice in them again, you are also bringing service to yourself. Robert goes on to say, and, and this is a quote he offered. He has this great calendar with a daily quote. This is his quote for today. <laughs> I love it. In the beginning, God created mankind. Then mankind created thinking. And ever since then, there's been nothing but trouble. Well, if you're like me, this resonates because overthinking can be our go-to, oh, our go-to setting because we're not in collaboration. We're not either reaching out for help or reaching back to the person that's reaching toward us. So what are some things you can do to reach out? One thing you can do is to be an awesome listener. I don't mean just listen. I mean be an awesome listener. Really stop everything in your mind and give eye contact to the person in front of you and let them share their story regardless of how long it is. Really listen to where they need you. Where is it that they're stuck? Where is it that they need to be inspired again? It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, you want to talk? Sure. Yeah, yeah, tell me what's going on. What's up? It's one thing to be really casual, but it's another thing to truly offer yourself because you're going to learn something about them for sure. You're going to help them find a way out of that black hole that they found their way into. But you're also, you're going to be a little surprised of how much of your own story or your own struggle you hear in their voice. Because it's sort of cosmic how we get matched together. The people that come to us and need us are usually telling chapters of our stories. And especially the people we reach out to, we want to touch we want to impact. It's not just that we want to, it's that usually something just a little bit bigger is going on. And we have a learning opportunity 
if we do it. I want to tell you about Kathy, who wrote to me and said, could you help me with my in-laws? Could you even maybe help me with my own family? Stuff is up, and I need help. Let me just go to this that she sent to me last night. See if you relate to this at all. She, oops, that's my response to her. Where is her note? Here it is. Okay. She wrote to me last night and said, I hope you don't mind me reaching out so late, but I have some questions about letting go of my expectations and setting some new boundaries. I realized during my last visit with my parents that I have put a lot of energy into entertaining them and being their good kid. I'm trying to make our family something that it just is not. When I visit my in-laws, I'm at peace. When I go home, I'm not. It's draining. I used to be in these huge revelations when I'd go home and be with them. I'd come home with great ideas, but lately, it's just a big drain. I've held on to the dream that my parents and I are going to really go the distance together. But at this point, I've just got to find a way to create some new boundaries. I'm wondering, what do you do when the sadness really creeps in and you realize you're carrying on a fantasy so that you don't have to see the grief? So this is coming from Kathy in the Seattle area, and this was bold. This was a big, big reaching out of what do I do I'm in this habit, a habit with my family. I'm trying to keep it light, but maybe, maybe what I need are some real boundaries. She's saying, she called herself out and said that she's kind of living in a fantasy. And it was late at night, and so I said to her, you know, sometimes my, my general feeling around this sort of thing is that this stuff is bigger than us. We're talking about the people that raised us, the people that we know that love us so, but we're not having the dynamics with them that we want. And all of our, our greatest tricks, our greatest acts, they're not bringing us together. And my best advice really is when you're going through this with your folks, with the people you love the most, you, you have to bring in the tallest order you know. And you got to kind of stop focusing on them, the people, the people that you want to have the better relationship with. And you've got to find a way to acknowledge that you and the people, you're in relationship and it's time to surrender to that relationship. What is the highest calling of that relationship? What are the highest words that you might be able to come up with? Do you believe in some sort of higher power, some sort of universal energy? And if you do, can you ask to be guided? Can you ask to be held while you take a break? 
while you come up with new words, while you offer to the people the most sincere hug that you know how to give them. I really think that when when we're in, you know, what my friend Laura would call, that's quite a pickle. <laughs> when we're in that, we got to go big. We've got to ask that the relationship be held and that we show up as a person in that relationship, but not not as the comedian that maybe we've been willing to be. Because, you know, that can kind of glue us together for a while. But at some point, it's going to bring us to what Kathy is facing. And that is the fantasy that it's just not working out. We're not communicating. The real boundaries, they're not in place. Kathy admits to having a great example with her in-laws, but not the best experience with her own family of origin. And that's not uncommon. I, I, I at the age of 19, I, I chose a, a boyfriend's family because they were huge and gregarious and they just, they just loved me. And I wanted to be one of them. I was willing to say, maybe I'll hang things up with my family for a while and just be loved and adored by them. I'm the new kid on the block for them. Why not just go there? And it helped me because the fantasies I had with my family, well, they weren't happening. But I didn't have the skills as a teenager to to ask some power bigger than me, more loving than me more unconditional than me, to be my guide through that. But as we grow older, we have that ability to ask for some sort of higher voice and higher listening than we really know to lead us and to guide us because there is a next chapter. I really believe we're all on some kind of heroic journey, if we're willing to embrace that, what we need to discover, we will discover. And we might choose a very, very challenging road to find the discoveries. But if you're on one with your folks, I just want to encourage you to ask something bigger than you. Ask it for that unconditional love to be brought to that relationship. Sometimes writers, they ask for the biggest voice, the biggest download that they can muster because they want their writing to count. They want to be in touch with their deepest voice. That's what you're doing here. When you're having a struggle with your folks, Start to practice what is the most unconditional thing I could do. And maybe it is to be a listener, to be a real full-blown listener in their life. And to shut down the comedian for a little bit and see what they need. Kathy, I want to thank you for being daring and sending that off to me. Uh, it, it helped me too. It helped me think of where I could be 
a little more unconditional. I want to just encourage people that when you're sitting across from someone, when you're really taking time out for them, ask yourself, how could I take even more time? You know, like if you're thinking of having dinner with someone and typically that's, you know, an hour and 15, an hour and 30 minutes, think about saying to your friend, I've got the evening free. Where do you want to go? What do you want to talk about? What would you like to do? Let dinner be the intro and really block out time to reach out and establish an even deeper relationship with someone. I'm going to do this tonight with my friend Annette. I can't wait. I've got to tell you, I've had this, uh, this other friendship with my friend Jeanette the hairdresser. <laughs> she doesn't like to be referred to as a hairdresser. And yet, you know what? She performs miracles with hair. I've had some pretty thick, long hair in my days. And when I've wanted her to pile that up high on top of my head and not let it move and yet be beautiful and curly and dangly in all the right places, there's no one I would go to but her. No one. She knows how to do it. That's one of her geniuses. But on another note, she and I have been reaching out to each other back and forth for 33 years now. And we often do it over dinner. And when we do it, dinner can be five hours long. And it's great. It is great to be with someone who listens, who feels inspired by the crazy stuff I go through, and who offers sound advice but who also wants to receive it, who wants to be in the mix and say, <laughs> I've got a fantasy I've got to give up. I've got to move on from something. I've learned to take those cues and really hone in and realize this relationship that she and I have been carrying on for 33 years, it matters. It's deep. And I'm available for it. And when I make myself available to dinner and Jeanette wants to go out, I look at my calendar and I block out like five hours. <laughs> and it's a ball. And sometimes we cry right there in the restaurant. And I'm finding new friends to have this with. My new friend, Annette Bond, we... We get together and we, to use her last name, bond over all kinds of business ideas. But we also bond over humanity and what is going on in our own experience. We tell each other the truth and we really listen. This is a gift you have, whether you are tapping into it or not. Whether you are a writer or not, it is something you can ask for help with. If you believe in something a little more cosmic, a little more source-based and universal than just yourself, channel into that and see what happens. See how you are able 
to really reach out to others and to accept and to be available to when others reach out to you. We're coming up on our second break here. We are going to return and talk with Jimmy, who has written in about something very poignant. And we will be right back. Stay tuned. Alternative Talk 1150 is excited to be giving away movie vouchers for this year's Seattle International Film Festival. Going on now through June 9th with over 400 features, short films, and documentaries gathered from more than 80 countries. Enter to win at 1150kknw.com. But act fast. Contest ends May 31st. That's 1150kknw.com. Get entered today, and we'll see you at the Seattle International Film Festival. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I offer writing workshops in the Seattle area and online. I also offer masterminds. And that's when you really upgrade the way you think and the way you show up in the world. You do it with safe and wonderful group of people. I facilitate those and I will be offering one this summer. I'll also be offering, if you're in the Seattle area, I have a nice little abode in West Seattle. It looks out on the Puget Sound and is very inviting for the writer. And I'll be offering some workshops, one on helping you craft your speech And it doesn't really matter what kind of speech you're giving, if it's uh, for your brand, if it's for your company, if it's that you've been asked to do a TED Talk, or if you're just going to speak to your local 12-step group. I am happy to help you put together a speech. Uh, Also, I'm going to offer my memoir writing workshop. Thank you for popular demand. It's bringing them back. And I'm really excited to do it. I've, I've taken a much too long break from doing that. Memoir is really uh, less about your full biography and more about a theme from your life that you really want to highlight and focus in on. It could be that you are cooking grandma's recipes and all the stories that go with it. It could be that There was a real short period of time in your life where you went through something grueling and came through transformed. Uh, For some people, it's their divorce. For other people, it's that nine months that their baby was in their womb. It could be anything, but it's something that's meaningful to you, and I guarantee you it will touch others. If you want to know more about my mastermind groups or my workshops, please go to www.coachdebbie.com, and that's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. And if you find I'm being sloppy and I don't have the information up there, just uh, send me an email because I do. I fall behind. I get real human. And I realize I've told you to go there when there's nothing there. (laughs) So write to me. 
And my email is debby at coachdebbie.com. Just ask me your questions and I'll give you the info. All righty. So today we are talking about reaching out and touching someone. These, um, these are times when we really, really need to connect. And part of that is because we have a certain level of false connection relying on technology to fill us up. And one thing I've noticed about myself, have you noticed this about your own phone, that if you ask it to keep track of your time, you know, on the phone, it will, and it will do it for you in categories. I was ashamed when I realized. Now, uh, uh, I, I am going to qualify it that I do use Facebook almost solely for my business. But still, I was ashamed to find out one day when I was a tad bit bored, <laughs> I had spent five and a half hours on social media from the time I got up to the time I went to bed, according to my phone, <laughs> five and a half hours. How does someone do that? I don't even like social media. <laughs> five and a half hours. So something was going on with Coach Debbie. She wasn't very present. All right. She was looking for some false connections. And we do that. And we have to be willing to forgive ourselves for that, to forgive ourselves for the dumb stuff in our life, how we just bump up against the false when we're looking for something real, when we want someone to reach out to us or we're trying to figure out how to leave our own isolation and reach out to others. One lesson I've learned is that the more I'm willing to forgive myself and other people for the dumb stuff we do, for the dumb stuff I do, the more I'm willing to face and really let go of the big stuff. I mean, it starts with the dumb, but it leads us on to higher terrain and higher road where we can show up a little bit better. And I'm sorry if the people of Facebook are listening. I don't mean to say Facebook equals stupidity. I don't mean that at all. I'm just saying I don't need to be there five and a half hours. To me, that's dumb. So without further ado, let's go to Jimmy in New Orleans. This is a really good question. He gives us a little context here before he goes into his question. He says, I love staying in touch with friends and helping to make a difference. When I struggle is where I either am the friend who is in a deep personal quagmire and I don't know how to navigate my way through it because I've had the conversation for weeks or months or even years. It might be that I'm afraid my friends will tire of me that they'll say I'm sharing the same thing and that maybe they'll think my struggles never change day after day. I admit I sometimes even get weary from hearing from my own self 
And I tell the same story over and over again in my head because really I just don't know how to navigate through that confusion. I bet my friends are tired of hearing from me, so I have a question. How do I stay skillfully in touch and in a real and genuine way using proper boundaries? How do I share and listen deeply but stay within reason? Ah, oh, Jimmy, you know, <laughs> we all go through this. We all have times in our life when the challenge we're facing is big. And we need more than one conversation. We need more than five. We need more than ten. We need a bunch. And we need the people that we count on the most. We need them. That is a human need. Connection is a human need. It is real, and there is no shame in having it. There is actually a little shame in the opposite, which is trying to white-knuckle our way through isolation and figure it out all by ourselves and resurface all perky and pretty, acting like nothing happened. There is a bit of shame in that, but there is no shame in going through something and wanting to have a true seeing from someone else, from those people you trust. So I'm going to be frank with you. It's possible that the person you trust the most, whoever that is, can get tired of it. It's possible that they never do because they never tire sharing their own story with you. The only way you're going to really know is by really asking. Because even when we watch for the cues, we can misread them. If we're looking at our bestie's face and we're trying to figure out, are they sick of this? Are they tired of this? Should I shut up? Should I stop this? Maybe I should figure this out on my own. If we're really, really looking for some sort of gesture from them, that they might be sick of us, well, we're going to find the gesture, even if it's not what they meant. My guess, darling, is you're thinking that there's a really good way to navigate this. And all I can say is enroll the people you trust and tell them the truth. Tell them this quagmire that began last week, last month, Last year, last decade, I'm still in it. And I still need you. Can we be together? Can you witness my story? Ask them. My guess is 9.99999 times out of 10, your bestie wants to be there. I really believe that. It's when we ask the right people that it goes well. How do you know if it's the right person? Well, it's that person that you feel loves you unconditionally. What do you do if that person's not available? You ask. You ask around. 
but only really sit across from this, that someone, that someone that you believe, oh, Brene Brown said something about this once. Ah, I don't want to mess up what she, I'm paraphrasing, but it was close to this, that you're, the person sitting across from you earns the right to your vulnerable story. So you know who those people are. And those are the ones you want to ask. When, when we reach out for that genuine hug, for that big bicep, arms around us comfort, we know who can give it to us. And hopefully we know who can't. Um, I, I, I think all of us, I think all of us have been in a place where we looked for praise and we didn't get it. And I, I really think that that's what's leading you to this question and that maybe this fear that people get tired of your story. But if it's not that, then my guess is you might be talking to people that have not committed yet enough to their own story, to their own listening of their own story, and therefore they're not committing to yours. I'll, um, I'll use this example, Jimmy, um, I have a really, really, really good friend, Antonio, and he lives in Miami, and he's lived there 19, well, he's lived away from Seattle for 19 years, and in Miami, a good chunk of that, and he just visited, and we had this wonderful reunion, but this is a person who, I I trust him with my life. I mean, who would have ever known that I go to college and I have this person in my cohort group that really hears me, knows me, understands me, but we have a very intimate friendship. He is um, he is someone who has gone through his own deep growth uh, through work, through Buddhism, through his his marriages, um, through recently, not too long ago, uh, through his love with what seemed to be a good man and who unfortunately soured into, you know, a really troubled, troubled partner. And Antonio shared with me his story around that. But I also was going through a very, very, difficult breakup. And for every time Antonio and I got on the phone and he shared with me his own story, there were probably five to ten times more that I was on the phone sharing my story and reaching out and knowing I would get the help I need there, knowing that this was my vulnerable friend and hoping I was not tiring him and believing I was, certain I was. 
there were times when I wouldn't bring up what was deepest on my heart because I just thought, you know what, Debbie, you have been talking and talking and talking about your tragic, ridiculous life. You know, give it a break. But here's the truth. Antonio never said that to me, ever. And my guess is, if he really thought that way, he'd say, Debbie, we got to give this a rest. He would, because he's my bestie. Because he's there for me. He's that vulnerable one. He gets me. It's really, really easy for us to see the good in people. But I want to invite everyone listening. I say we really step it up. I say that we see the shameful side in our friends and we find a way to love them with everything we've got anyway. While they are in their shame, while they're working out that thing they're so vulnerable about, while they're figuring out how the heck they're going to write about it. I mean, I was in the middle of a book when all this came up for me. And that publishing thing, that whole plan is still on a back burner. But my dear friend sat there and witnessed my shame And he never stopped loving me. So, Jimmy, I want to tell you, employ your deepest friend. If you can't find one, start with a therapist. They will give you great practice, great practice in relieving what's what's true for you. You'll hear yourself talking. The confusion will start to work out. You'll realize it's safe to reach out. And you'll know where. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back next Thursday when we talk about writing your book. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye.